You're listening to the Multiverse Fancast, proud member of the Misfit Faction Media Network. All right, then. On with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Multiverse Fancast. Don't forget, you can take us on the go with Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, or any other listening devices that you use. You can also find us at our website, themisfitfaction.com, as well as all social medias out there possible. And with me today is Paul. Paul, how you doing? I'm good, Ronnie. How are you today? I am doing well. And we have joining us via Zoom, Rob. Rob, how are you? Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me on today. I'm excited about this. Yes, we are here and we are talking about Hawkeye. Just finished up a couple days ago. Only six episodes on Disney+, Plus, but we're here to discuss... But we're here. Arguably one of... The best shows that Marvel has created oh. on Disney oh, Plus, oh, I would oh. say. Oh, ah, a little the... spoilers for yes. opinion there. Yeah, now, right? Now, before we get into it, just quick behind the scenes, we were supposed to do Kingsman yes. this coming week, but with with the holidays and with logistics and trying to see the movie and trying to get in an episode all basically during Christmas week end. Like, yeah. Because I think the movie came out on Wednesday. I know Ronnie, Rob, and I all worked till yeah. you know Thursday, Friday. Thursday, Friday. Yeah. Till, yeah. Yep. So it was, it was definitely, it would have been a challenge and a yes. half just to go see the movie because it's only in theaters mm-hmm. so we decided to just kind of flip the script and we're going to try and get uh kingsman in at some point next week yes Ooh, the script. yes yeah. but before we get into hawkeye we are going to go through a little bit of news that rob has for you all yes let's look at the news we haven't had news in a couple of weeks but of course as you know it's the christmas vacation so there's not a lot of news to be had. A lot of it is box office news. So first of all, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, officially crossed the 500 million mark internationally, which is a Rob, thing that happened. Rob's going to throw a parade for it. I like the characters. I just hated that movie. Um, <laughs> Spider-Man, though, Far From Home, crossed the 1 billion mark internationally on Christmas Day, which wow. is a, a much, much bigger thing to be so I'm actually going to go I see think. that later tonight. Again. Really? Yeah. Are you really? Kylie. Are you really going to yeah. see it again? Oh, Me, wow. Jacqueline are going with Kylie. Where, where are you going? Oh, Gipsy. We'll talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would love to see it again too. On other Marvel front, Doctor Strange trailer uh, was at the end of the Spider-Man Far From Home credits is now officially released, and we can all scrutinize it frame by frame to see <laughs> just exactly uh, what what we think of it. So, what do we think of it right now? It looks strange. But ha 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 ha. Oh, I'll go no, I I'm actually Are we allowed to fire him? Yeah, right. I'm actually intrigued. <laughs> I think that would be my mm-hmm. word for the trailer is intrigued on what we're going to exactly see happen in this movie and what it's going to do to the whole MCU. Yeah, I agree. Did you guys see the what if episode with Doctor Strange? There was like three of them, but yes. Well, I'm sorry. The main one where they had the uh, yeah, Strange, Doctor Strange. Yeah, Strange yeah. Supreme is the, the yeah. canonical term. So it's neat to see that one coming together and, yeah. and that actually happening as part of the MCU. If, so if, I would that, is the ca- if that is the case. Yeah, if that's the you case. Know, I mean, it could, be, it could be anything. I mean, there are a lot of indications that this new Doctor Strange will play off of the what if stuff. But as mm-hmm. of right now, nothing's been confirmed. Or do we think it's going to be Agatha all along? 
be careful with that because the last time yeah I put don't it, sing it yeah the last time that was in one of our episodes we got flagged on youtube <laughs> immediately um, you can find 92 is, scenes yeah, from yeah. spider-man but god forbid yeah, we no, put but agathol i am interested because it looks very sam raimi-ish i'm a huge sam raimi fan i love the evil dead so and there's a lot of cool horror elements in the doctor strange trailer so i'm very excited about that yeah. Next up is a lot of DC news. Two things, items. Michael Shannon is apparently going to be in The Flash. So apparently, um, uh, Feora also the sod and fun. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah they uh, Warner brought, released uh, a couple of lists of uh, casts for upcoming films, and in the Flash movie that was listed, Michael Strange and apparently all of the Zod trio. So that'll be interesting to see that as its own timeline. Yeah. I think with the release of the multiverse, they probably need to say, all right, we got to, you know, we got to top that now with in terms of like, you know, multiple movies and bringing everything together. So the pressure is, I think, a little bit on for them. Also, I think they just don't care at this point. They're just kind of doing whatever they want because they know they can't catch up. Yeah. I mean, we got the Batman coming out in March and that's still its own thing as far as we know. Well, and that's my next bit of news is there is apparently they're going the route of the Dark Knight promotional uh, department, because if you remember back then in 2007 slash 2008, they did a lot of online stuff where you were looking for clues and and riddles and and going through various websites. And they just released uh, a a website. It's www.rataalada, Ratalada. (laughs) dot <laughs> com <laughs> oh it's french um, and it's it's an interface where you get to interact with the joke with the sorry joker with the riddler and he asks you three riddles and if you win uh you get like a police sketch of batman and apparently that's just the first step in in this multiple layered promotional stunt that they're going to be doing for the batman so i is, is it a, a little redundant and you know derivative of the dark knight sure but it looks like it could be fun too so a lot I'm of people game. say that about yeah. our podcast too <laughs> <laughs> it's a little redundant and derivative yeah, right we ta- no we take it uh, and, homage <laughs> and that wraps up my news Awesome. Well, thank you for that, Rob. That was uh, terrible news. I mean, I don't I'm just fire this guy. I ended on Batman. You should be happy. So wait, if you're I both just... fired, does that mean I'm the only one still here? Yeah, get out of my house. There but... is one piece of news that uh, Rob missed. Very disappointing. Oh. Apparently, and this is all rumor mill, apparently Michael Keaton has been added to the cast oh, yeah. list of mm. the Batgirl HBO Max yeah. movie. So a lot of questions on that one because yeah, right? jk yeah. simmons is also going to be in it so it's supposed to take place in the same okay. continuity as the snyder verse we're all very confused yeah yes i did read that i wasn't sure if if bat it's batgirl right bat, yeah i wasn't sure if batgirl was was is is batgirl is that a a notable addition to the dceu I, I don't know too much about it it's supposed to be on hbo max coming out and it is supposed yeah, to take as place its own movie it's supposed to take place uh in that continuity as far as we know so okay. I don't know a lot of questions. The whole DC like the whole DC universe is just a mess. But yeah, mm. so it's coming out in it in 2022. That's when it's scheduled to be released. But uh, yeah, J.K. Simmons, okay. Brendan Fraser, and Michael Keaton. Yeah, with Leslie Grace starring. Right. Interesting. And and just the fact that it's being released to HBO Max is no in 
indication of a lack of quality, as you know, you know, a lot of stuff that's been released to streaming services, especially in the past year, sometimes just indicates a, a different release platform. So, and, and sometimes it actually gives more freedom to the filmmakers to do really what they want. So, mm-hmm. oh, good. I'm game. I mean, we just watched The Witcher for eight episodes and, yep. like, you know, that's <laughs> quality, like high quality cinema. Same thing oh, with yeah. the end Hawkeye. Oh, yeah. Witcher. I, I, Oh yeah, and I'm in the middle of watching Amazon's The Wheel of Time right now, which is of itself a very high quality. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's it. Does that finally right. wrap up our news? I don't know. Why are you being mean? I'm just asking because you cause prolonged you... it. Yeah, I just want to make sure. I'm trying to get to the 10 minute mark like we normally do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's gonna wrap us up for the news. We're gonna take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, we'll be talking about Hawkeye. But first, a quick commercial break. Today's episode is brought to you by Ray's Energy Drinks from Rep Sports. Whether you're trying to crush your afternoon workout or just need a little extra pick-me-up, Ray's Energy is just the boost that you're going to need. So if you go to repsports.com and any product that you order, enter the code MISFIT89 at checkout to receive 15% off. Anything that you guys buy from that store helps our network grow, and we fully, fully appreciate everything you guys do. That's MISFIT89 at checkout, repsports.com. Welcome back, everyone. Hope you had a nice little commercial break. Um, but we are going to jump right into things with Hawkeye. Spoiler. Initial Spoiler thought. alert. Spoiler alert. One more. Whoop. One more. Whoop, whoop. Spoiler alert. Thank you. Full spoilers. <laughs> Full, Full spoilers. spoilers. Initial reaction. Initial reaction to the entire series. Yeah. I will tell you that in the beginning, I was like, why do we need a Hawkeye show? This is not interesting. This is not important. Hawkeye is such a minor character. He's not interesting in the slightest. And so for the first two episodes, I was very well, meh. Well, that's a branding problem. Show. <laughs> yes, it is a branding <laughs> problem. I was very meh about the show for the first two episodes, and it mm-hmm. just got better and better every single week. And now I, I agree with what Ronnie said earlier. It might, I think it might be my favorite of the Disney Plus shows. I thought they really... I know they ended it perfectly better than any of the other shows. Um, It was a very satisfying show. I was very into the characters and everything they were doing. So I cannot recommend the show enough. Awesome. Paul? It was good. No, that's I'm just kidding. That's, that's, that's all, all you got for us. So I, I'm, act, I'm actually in the minority where I, I was a big fan of Clint Barton in the MCU, and I, I did enjoy the character of Hawkeye. I think he really had his time to shine in Avengers: Age of Ultron, where you know he was kind of the more the focal point, and mm-hmm. you know the, the the scene of him with Wanda is still one of my favorite scenes. Like when you know you go out there, you are an Avenger, but yeah. like, and also like the the funny stuff with him and Quicksilver was always really good. But I, I always enjoyed Hawkeye. I always enjoyed the the idea of that non-superpowered being in a world of superpowered beings. And a lot of times people, they think Black Widow because she was in a lot of other movies too. Like, let's not forget, she she popped up in Captain America and Civil War and, or excuse me, in The Winter Soldier and Civil War, just to be specific, because somebody's going to be like, she wasn't in Captain America. And it would be me. Oh, the, oh, the, yeah. the trolls in the comments. Yeah, that, well, it would be me. I'd be, I'd be the troll. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of those other characters had other moments. But, like, let's also not forget, Clint Barton, like, fought against the Vision. He mm-hmm. fought toe-to-toe with Black Panther and didn't immediately get his ass kicked. Like Fought against Loki. Fought yeah. against Loki. Like, he... He was always in the thick of a lot of things, and he he held his own, especially for a normal guy. And this show did the best job of showing him just so tired at the end of all of these fights, yeah, <laughs> and just like 
it, it was a really it was a really solid show and i think i will also agree that it is probably the strongest of the the mcu mm-hmm. shows i thought i was going to be alone on that one wow okay well we might have to rank them all i mean they're all yeah. done for the year so. oh that's a good idea we yeah, should yeah. we end. definitely will have to rank them we should someone tell the host okay I'll, but no you guys all kind of hit it on the head i think it, it did like rob said it did kind of start out a little weak you know a little slow and then definitely picked up you know throughout the only six episodes five weeks because we had the week one it was back-to-back episodes and then it was just you know an episode a week very very short it felt a lot Don't shorter forget, it all the other shows on wanda was the only one that wasn't six episodes yeah they all are six episodes we forget that because yeah. you know there's so much jam-packed into these shows exactly uh, you know wanda was nine episodes and I think that was mostly just because of they wanted to go through the entire like television catalog of all the yeah. arrows and everything. But yeah, it's for six episodes. I think after two episodes, we were like, wait, they there's a lot of ground to cover and they didn't do much. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, but it, it definitely is one of the strongest, if not the strongest MCU Disney Plus show, you know, out there. Having said that, I do have some complaints. Just, I'm sure oh, yeah. we all have some complaints about it and everything, especially the, you know, the last mid credit scene in the finale. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't even use all right, that. Hold as... on. S- <laughs> since you bring it up, go ahead. Bring it up. Yeah. So Let's talk about that. So it, in the finale, you get a, a mid credit scene. You finally get a mid credit scene in this. Right. And all they do is a musical is they just give you the whole entire song from Rogers the Musical. You know, Anthony Rapp was Which, in that. So? He's from Rent. In- so? From Rent. Oh, oh, okay. It oh, doesn't well, matter. Okay, I don't- but that was well, their Also, that was Mark, they showed Mark Shaman who made the who made that song. He yeah. was the one directing it. Yeah, but it, like you're expecting some big reveal or some cliffhanger for season two or for like another show or something and they don't give you anything. Now, being said, the director of the finale, I'm going to probably butcher the name, Reese, Reese Thomas. Anyone know okay. if, if that's mm-hmm. how you pronounce it or not? You're, you're close. Yeah. No, I have no idea. Okay. But he basically said that that was Marvel slash Disney's choice to do that. He mm-hmm. didn't want it. He said no at first, but then they basically forced him into making that the mid credit scene instead of some sort of cliffhanger or anything like that. So that was their choice to do because of the Christmas season and give fans what they want because the fans wanted to see the whole Like the dancing Zemo stuff. Yeah, and stuff like that, which... But wasn't it already on YouTube? What? The... Probably whatever. Oh, it was oh I guess the song was the song, or just the 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 whole musical number. They YouTube. showed they showed the like the brief part of it when yeah. they, when Clint Barton's okay. actually sitting in there, but they showed like in the mid credit scene was like the full extended yeah. version okay. of it. Because the one All that right, you so see now, in the episode is just like the Avengers singing. This was just, like short, a yeah. bunch of New Yorkers uh, singing too. Right. Okay, yeah. So I will defend it a little bit. I won't defend it in the fact that I had to sit and listen to that stupid <laughs> song all over right? again. <laughs> which I has been an earworm and stuck in my brain now for, for <laughs> days. And it is just such a, it's a skin crawlingly typical musical theater kind of song. I know you, Ronnie, are, are more into New York Broadway than I am. W- was it skin crawling to you? You know, 
I think it I think it was just because I kept expecting like some sort of cameo or something to okay. pop up in the audience that like I was like, oh come on. And then they just But if that it. song comes on for you, do you are you like, oh God, turn this off? Or are no. you like just find yourself tapping your toes? I would to definitely it? be tapping to it. <laughs> like, I, I, I could do it all day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I just it's so like Ugh, it, it's, it feels like something that would show up on a Simpsons episode. Yeah. Like, cause it's mm. so much satire for me. So the fact that I had to sit through it again, but I will defend it in this sense. One of the strengths of Hawkeye is that it has no interest in setting up future um, Marvel properties. Yeah. It's a completely self-contained story. And I think sometimes Marvel suffers from, well, we have to put something in there to set it up for, you know, phase seven, you know, yeah. when it's going to be coming. And I like the fact that there is no like nothing in the in the end credits. Yeah. Imagine I, if um, they, you know, were just working on a spinoff and they, you know, showed somebody dying off screen and also Haley Steinfeld. I mean, I hate when they set up things because <laughs> that's my thing. But, like you but like you know my that's the problem i had with loki is that kang was like just a setup for future stuff yeah i mean in a way this is kind of set up because you did it kind of you reintroduced kingpin and then you had in mm-hmm. spider-man the <clears throat> reintroduction of oh careful what are you about to spoil spider-man no way home not everybody's seen it okay anyway <laughs> you get you get you the re- spider-man yeah, I know, and I'll, I'll still say it. They've they've had time to pause it now. Yeah, there's been time. <laughs> but and then you had the reintroduction of Charlie Cox, Daredevil. You know, <laughs> so part of me's like, well, you got Kingpin, you now got Daredevil. You know, it it could be setting up some sort of MCU Daredevil show on Disney Plus. You know, in a way, poss- possibly. Who knows? No one knows except yeah. for Charlie Cox. But he's but, not uh, even the in the movie. To, yeah. <laughs> but the fact that I had to sit and listen to that whole song again, waiting yes. for a cameo and right? nothing happened, I'm like, Ugh. that was the thing. Like I was like, I was like, yeah. oh, they're definitely gonna show something because why would they be showing this song right now? I, I was half expecting to see like Paul Rudd in the audience clapping yes. or something like that. I wasn't even there. <laughs> Which I did love the little homage to him. Oh, with the with, uh, with the arrow. In oh, the yeah, finale? The, uh, with the pin particles and all that. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently there was... Because I'm going to have to ask Scott that. One of the visual effects guys said that there was a sequence that they originally wanted to do where... You know how the tracksuit guys get uh, shrunk down? Yeah. Apparently mm-hmm. there was a, a scene where the owl from the tree flies down and, and catches them and flies away with them, but they said it sounded... They did that. The owl? Catch the owl ca- yeah. Yes. Oh, the apparently, old, the, um, it lands apparently, on the ground and then the owl comes by and takes them away. I think that was... No, apparently the owl was supposed to eat them. Oh, and that was supposed oh. to be the mid-credit scene. That's that's uh, a little too much. Yeah. That would be kind of funny, though. Not gonna lie, but <laughs> savage. Yeah, yeah. But all right. Well, let's keep moving on. So we have the return of Hawkeye, who Rob alludes to earlier. Kind of was like a nobody almost when it comes to the Avengers. You guys are so mean. All right. When you think of the Avengers, where's Hawkeye on that list? He's right next to all of them. Thank you very much. At he the is the same place that he is on that plaque about fifth. <laughs> yeah, right. So, gosh, you guys are mean. You know, so that it was nice to see kind of like a B list. I think we could call him a B list superhero in comparison to the other Avengers. Yes. Oh, because no. they're all doing yeah. so well right now. Well, one of them's retired. One of them's dead. Actually, two of them are dead. Hulk keeps changing back between him and Bruce Banner. We don't know. Thor's a god. Thor, as long as he's, you know, 
trying to work out again. Yeah, right. Poor Thor. <laughs> Fat Thor. <laughs> Eat it. Have a salad, dear. But we did get the return of Clint Barton, who I just love Jeremy Renner. I do like Jeremy Renner. They really yes. tried. Hollywood tried to make Jeremy Renner into like the A-list guy for so long. Yeah. Like they gave him the Bourne franchise. They mm-hmm. gave him Mission Impossible. And everybody's like, thank you, but no. Yeah. We are good. What, now, what, he what, works best when he works off someone else. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Which I think him and Haley Steinfeld had amazing chemistry throughout this entire thing. It might Agreed. be my favorite duo that we have seen in the MCU. I would, mm-hmm. yeah, that, I I would be, agree. Yeah. yeah. Like even mo- movies, the TV shows, all that, I think it might be up there with like Bucky and Steve and, you what know. About, mm. Between which one do you prefer, this one or Doctor Strange and Peter Parker? I think, no. yeah. I, I think we haven't seen enough of Peter Parker and Strange yet. Can we see Peter yeah. Parker and Kate Bishop and Yelena just like sitting down having breakfast or something? That yeah. might well, be, I was just hot sauce? yeah, I was just gonna say that that I think one of the only better ones is might be Kate and Yelena. Yeah, which which is I think they have amazing chemistry yes. together. That, that this was just filled with chemistry. Yeah. So what what did we think of? Jeremy Renner in the show. I, I dug him. Like like you said, we're, we're Jeremy Renner fans. We enjoy him. He's always been good in these. It's just it, they tried to give him a lot in Age of Ultron, and then they retire him technically in that movie. And he doesn't yeah. show up again until Civil War. And that's only because he was there to help Wanda because like he, he literally says, I, you know, I had a debt to pay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we haven't we don't see him after that. Like he gets arrested after he like I said, yeah. he he has some great moments. Like he goes toe to toe with Black Panther and, you know, the. I'm Clint. I don't care. <laughs> like it's still, it's still one of the better scenes. And then obviously we don't mm. see him till that gut wrenching scene in yes. uh, in Endgame. Endgame. Oh, that is, that was. You could we we've seen a lot of these movies live mm-hmm. in the theaters. Like when they first come out. Like we saw Spider Man when it first came out, and like there were plenty of moments where people were like, yeah. But we were. I still remember you and I went to go see Endgame mm-hmm. because Melanie was working and I got in a lot of trouble for that. But anyway, <laughs> she knew what was happening. We went the next day. But you know, we're sitting in the theater and just you see that the shot of Hawkeye and his kids, and then they like they disappear and you, you the entire theater is just like oh yeah like like a hush like just one of the most powerful scenes. And then obviously, mm-hmm. I would argue that Hawkeye's kind of a little bit of the heart of, of Endgame where he's, yeah. you know, it, you, it's his stakes you see the most. Yes. So yeah. I, I really, this was a really good, just mm-hmm. tell his story, let him, you know, and it also shows what kind of person he is. Like he, he could have easily just been like, I'm going home for Christmas. Yeah. But he, he you know, he chooses to stay and fight. And mm-hmm. it's, for me, like I really dug it. And I think Jeremy Renner really sold it this time. Yeah. Rob. I it, it's funny because I never I like Jeremy Renner and I wrote about this in my uh, review for episodes one and two, which don't forget, you can check out all my reviews on the misfitfaction.com. He beat me to it. Um, and my my latest review when you're hearing this will be up. It is written. It's going to get posted Monday morning. But I wrote about this in my first review that Jeremy Renner works, excuse me, best when he is part of an ensemble, when he's by himself. Like and, and I think that's what happened probably with that Bourne movie is that he's not a charismatic presence he he's a reliable presence mm-hmm. and when he's bouncing off of other people it's really really strong hence like movies like the town yep swat which one swat i never saw swat he's in no. that yeah yeah oh okay again another ensemble so that makes <laughs> yep. sense 
But yeah, when he's with other people. So like when I first heard about there being a Hawkeye show, I'm like, oh, that's going to be super boring. But they I think they knew that and they knew it, they need to throw lots of other characters in there because this is in 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 effect, this is an ensemble show. Yes. You have, you know, maybe seven or eight different major characters in here and Hawkeye is only one of them. But we're all seeing it through the lens of Hawkeye. So for I think they kind of know Jeremy Renner's strengths and weaknesses. And I, to have him with all these other people just makes him uh, that much better because I think he's more a reactionary character, Clint. You know, like, you know, him sitting there, like, slowly groaning while Haley Steinfeld is trying to get him into some holiday tradition. You know, that's funny, but I think it just him on his own, I, I think, isn't good enough. So I think he's he's wonderful in this. And, and I think, you know, with award season here, I, I would love to see a little bit of love being thrown at Hawkeye, too. So Moving right along we have my personal favorite for, from the show kate bishop portrayed by Haley steinfield um, why is she your favorite kind of the character or the actress the character okay i mean oh really the so, actress how, isn't that me, bad anyway but <laughs> <laughs> because but, of this show or because of, you had background knowledge about kate bishop because of this show i so, oh, all well, right. i didn't have too much knowledge of I didn't kate either, bishop so. other than you get the normal kind of stuff, you know, how she takes over the, the mantle of Hawkeye and all that kind of stuff. She comes her own character and everything, but nothing too crazy. I'm sure Paul probably knows a little bit more That's about Kate Bishop than me and Rob <laughs> probably now, do. Of course I'm looking at <laughs> No, he's right not. He, he's good like that. He already knows all this kind of stuff. I, I Very little on Kate very Bishop. Very little? That, that yeah. I knew personally before. So, Ronnie, why do you like Kate Bishop so much? I... I even though Hawkeye is not necessarily like this superhuman, right? I, I think she's just like the what we as kids when we first saw superheroes. That's what mm. we were like. We were like, "Ooh, I want to be that person." And the connection mm. that she has with Hawkeye because of him saving her, you know, from the the Chitari during the Battle of New York. I think was great, and I think I think just that's how we would all react if we met our idol. And I think that kind of made me like fall in love with the character. Is like that would be me if I was in her shoes. Um, I still remember when we were we went to see Spider Man Turn Off the Dark, which is a uh, was a musical of Spider Man. And yes, I did pay a lot of money to go see that. <laughs> and Timmy was like four or five years old, and we were in the lobby. And Spider-Man is there, of course, meeting people in the lobby. And we said, hey, do you want to go see Spider-Man? And his eyes went really, really wide. And he just started shaking his head. No, <laughs> <laughs> he completely panicked. <laughs> That's funny. Well, it's a good thing she didn't see Hulk or something like that. You know, saving the, <laughs> yeah, right? the city. She'd be like, all right, I'm going to be like that. Get me some gamma. Well, if it yeah, looked right? like... If it looked like the Hulk in the musical, I don't know if we'd have much of a problem. <laughs> yeah, she'd be fine. <laughs> For me, like Kate Bishop was just uh, again, she's a, she's a relatively new character in the comics. I want to say early two thousands, like two thousand four or five or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. Very new to comic book lore, but very popular, very very well liked, and she obviously does take up the mantle of Hawkeye. For me, I I really enjoyed because at first it's just oh, it's just the Avenger that she saw. Like that's why she likes Hawkeye so much because she just happened to see him doing his his cool stuff like on top of the building, but then it turned into way more when they start developing their relationship and she's like it's because you were the you were the the guy that was just up there trying and and doing the right thing and doing the best that they could and just really 
really just powerful, like emotional mentor stuff. Like, you know, they always say don't meet your heroes, but like we get a chance to actually enjoy that. And even though she does find out that he was Ronan, we didn't even talk about the Ronan stuff because I think that actually made Hawkeye way more complex because that was something we were missing. You know, in Avengers Endgame, they don't even call him Ronan in that. He's just doing the Ronan stuff. And now to see the fallout from it and how... And barely doing the Ronan stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's like a 10 second scene. (laughs) And let's also talk about that. The fight scenes in the show were were well, well done. I, I, as much as I love like the grand spectacle of it and, you know, not to give away anything from the new Spider-Man movie, but the, the final battle of the new Spider-Man movie is just pure spectacle. Mm-hmm. And we sat there and we loved it, but there's just something, something about those really close quarters, human versus human, just incredibly skilled people. And we're all sitting in the audience going, man, like, that's so cool. We could do that. Like, people can do yeah. that. You know, Arrow was famous for it. Arrow did a great job making Oliver Queen uh, a character that could stand on par with superpowered beings. And I think that that the intro of Kate Bishop into the show, even though, yeah, she's a little rough around the edges and, you know, she's falling and she's breaking the windows and like, oh, you're here to rescue me. How's that going? (laughs) You know, like stuff like that. I also love the biggest payout of the entire show the last episode where she runs into that other goon and he's like, yeah. oh, I, t- I worked it out with my girlfriend. Thanks for your advice. I, yeah. I was dying. That was just such a perfect example of uh, Kate Bishop and how she is in this show. Yeah. Rob, what are your... Th- I She is a hysterical ultimate fangirl and the fact that Haley Steinfeld keeps up that fangirlness throughout the entire show is so impressive like she's never not excited to jump into something she's like you can we can make more trick arrows like she's (laughs) just this little girl that is so like you know what I won't even say that she's just this little kid who's just always excited to be a part of the action. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it really does embody us, the audience members as, you know, that's what it would be like for us. And she's just, she is just super plucky. And and I I refer to her in a a review as spunky Brewster. She's just always kind of, yeah, let's do this. And like, but it's in a believable way mm-hmm. too. It's not. It doesn't feel acting and put upon. It feels genuine, genuinely authentic. I, I go back to seeing her in what I think is ultimately the best of the Transformers movie, Bumblebee, where I think that movie works because of her, mm-hmm. because she's just so excited that she has a Transformer in her yeah. garage and she's got this car, and, and she makes it work. So I, I think Haley Steinfeld. Com- casting her in this role was just brilliant because I, I I don't know if many other actresses would have been able to pull it off. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I, I'm trying, like, I'm, once you started saying that, I'm, like, in my head thinking who yeah. could have replaced her? I, I I have nothing. I'm sure, like, no. somebody could say a name and I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, maybe, but I think but I think she would have done it better. Yeah. So th- those are like our our main characters throughout the six episodes that we have. So what we're going to do now is we're going to kind of break down some of the episodes. All right. So we'll go episode by episode. So f- the first episode is, again, where we kind of get introduced to Kate Bishop. Right. So it's, it starts with, you know, the Battle of New York and everything. You know, her house is getting destroyed. Her dad dies and everything and that's where it kind of comes up with her wanting to be hawkeye essentially you know she she asked her mom for the bow and arrow and then it flashed forwards to her in college shooting the the bell the clock tower or whatever and everything what did we think about the first episode and how it's set for this the tone for the show 
I don't really remember it at this point. No, it you know it it's a lot of setup. It's a lot of you know the the opening scene with the battle in New York is really cool to see mm-hmm. it from from that other perspective. You know we've said it more than once that Marvel movies it took a long time for them to really acknowledge how destructive their mm-hmm. their world really is. So it was an interesting take for me to see. It's always good to see these things from the other perspective. When we get down to Yelena, like talking about seeing the blip from the other perspective, mm-hmm. you know stuff like that. So I I really I dug it and you know. We got introduced to Kate and, you know, it sucks too because like Kate's a fangirl, but if she didn't come from a family with all the money in the world and also a natural set of skills, Mm -hmm. she would be so dead, like so not alive. Yeah. And it's Mm -hmm. it's always funny because like it's – what's the movie? Uh, The Fifty Shades of Grey movie Mm -hmm. where everybody's like, yeah, it's because he's a handsome billionaire that all this stuff's okay. If he was just a poor guy living in a trailer down in Kentucky, this would be kidnapping. Yeah. And creepy. (laughs) And so creepy. So (laughs) – I you know we get a lot of intro you, you got a lot of things like you get introduced to the tracksuit mafia you get introduced to to Eleanor the re- you know mm-hmm. uh, apparently things getting recovered from the Avengers a compound which very reminiscent of the Vulture mm-hmm. so it was a good mm. a good setup for me yeah. anyway Rob how do you feel about it It was slow I was very worried with those first because remember they released the first two episodes at the same time mm-hmm. I think because they knew just one episode people were going to be like eh, and not be interested i I think especially after i I don't obviously know the numbers but i would imagine there was a huge drop off with the what if series in terms of viewers Uh, a lot in fact i think you guys didn't even make it through the what if or you barely made it that's right we did a show about it didn't we yeah we did yeah we did a whole podcast about it Wow. Oh, man. But yeah, I think a lot of people like I know in talking with people at school and with other friends, they're like, nah, I wasn't interested or or I didn't want it. But Mm -hmm. with Hawkeye, you know, I think they needed to hook people. So because the first two episodes were slow, it was a lot of setup. Uh, Mm -hmm. It was a lot of just like, I don't know what's going on. It was a lot of awkwardness, too, because if you remember, there was a fight scene in the basement of the auction house with her and the Ronin attire. And it was just weird and and it was not done well and 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 i didn't know why and now we're seeing why it's because you know they wanted to show her vulnerability and they wanted to show that she just really wasn't comfortable taking on this mantle and and what didn't have any experience in fighting but i i yeah with that first two episodes i i really didn't know where the show was going and you know you had the death of armand also if you remember and jack was introduced and and he was such a strange character so yeah i was not a fan at first yeah. Well, Jack's a villain in the comics. Jack is a villain called Swordsman, who was actually a trainer and mentor of Clint Barton back yes. in the day. And mm-hmm. I'm really disappointed that they didn't address that at all. Yeah. Well, sometimes he is a good guy, depending upon the run in, mm-hmm. with the Swordsman. But he is bad. Yeah, we don't. I will argue that I do think Clint and him know each other. I think um, so, too. Because, yeah. Yeah. There's that one episode where they they sit down across a table and I think there's too many knowing winks going on there. And yeah. I think it'll come out years, you know, episodes or mm-hmm. movies later that they knew each other. Yeah. Um, episode two, we had it was basically the LARP, which was just <laughs> such a fun time. Yeah. Right. So the Ronin suit goes missing after uh, the tracksuit mafia kind of takes over the, the apartment. The, they attack the apartment. Yeah, they attack the apartment. The Ronin suit goes missing they set it on fire and everything and then that's where clint barn gets introduced to larping can we just backtrack really quick one of the coolest shots in the entire and it was in all the trailers when he breaks the window they throw the molotov in and he just catches it and tosses yes, it back it. that was one of the coolest things it's just so mm-hmm. subtle and just so just fun yeah yeah so episode two didn't really give you 
too much at all to do with anything. The only other thing it really did was it introduced uh, Maya to you know to to, right. to everything. Oh, and and you know? only at the very end of the episode. Yes, too. exactly. Yeah. So, any thoughts on episode two? Well, really? we also we also get the the first look at at swordsman skills, Jack's skills, mm. when Kate challenges into a duel and like he lets her win, and then she tries to like like backhand attack him and he it just instinctively deflects it mm-hmm. so like we get a little indication of, of where that guy is and what his skill level is so mm-hmm. i thought that was a really fun sequence too because like the whole time we also we also let's let's just establish that we knew eleanor was the bad guy really the whole time they were so busy being like look at jack look at jack yeah, yeah. you know don't look at the man behind the curtain type yep. thing but uh, i thought this this episode had a lot of fun stuff and apparently in the larping scene there is one character who is dressed like the old school hawkeye costume oh really in the background yeah <laughs> that's interesting that's yep, funny yep. too yeah rob rob any thoughts i did well, all right when i in retrospect i loved it Mm-hmm. But when I was watching it and, you know, in, when I didn't know how it was all playing out, I, like I saw the whole LARPing scene. I'm like, why are we spending so much time doing this? This is just dumb. Yeah. Now that I know those are four characters that, you know, will play a role later on, I can appreciate it. But at the time, I, I thought it was pointless. I will say I loved also don't forget at the beginning, they have that chase through the streets with the tracksuit mafia. Where uh, yes. It's a single camera shot inside of clint and kate's car and it's just revolving around back and forth yeah. uh between the action and it's it's an awesome sequence and it's done very uniquely too and it's also funny too because if you remember that's the point at i believe am i skipping episodes that's not is that episode two i think you're getting ahead of yourself yeah oh am i getting ahead of myself with that yeah the episode two ends oh, with okay. her getting crashing through the Capture. ceiling all right sorry then episode two i was like bored there wasn't a lot yeah like that was where clint got captured yeah Yeah. all right i'm thinking more of episode three we'll get Um, there don't worry we'll edit that in post (laughs) no we won't (laughs) but i think i was also by this time because i i knew and i think you guys too that yelena was going to be in the series and at this point two episodes down i'm like where is she and you know she didn't get introduced until the very end of episode four so i was like Mm. i just saw episode two is kind of pointless but now in retrospect I love it. So I, I, those who haven't discovered this show yet, I think now is the time to discover it because all six episodes are out and you can watch them and just know that there, this is a show of payoffs. Mm -hmm. That's what makes it so strong is that everything that is set up is paid off later. So just have patience. Right. And also now that I know that Jack is not the bad guy, I absolutely love him in every scene (laughs) that he's in. He's so deliciously like, what what is it that you would you like a butterscotch <laughs> like he's so yeah. funny let's see moving right along episode three it starts off with basically the interrogation scene of barton and bishop excuse me with hannah and everything and then you know eventually they end up escaping and everything they go into the database you know they break basically they break into her mom's laptop to find out some information because they're they're in the eyes that the quote-unquote audience was that it was Jack is the bad guy and everything. But, you know, it, so in this one, they ends up with the, the end scene is Jack almost like chopping the sword. Barton's head yeah, off with, with, with the Ronin sword, which, you know, no one knew where that was. They they found the, the suit, but they never knew where the sword was. Again, at, 
you know, you started talking about it, Rob, before. So why don't you yeah, start here? Off? What I'd like you to do now is, is could you please cut my comments from the previous and stick them right? Edit it right. Nope. Into here. Okay. <laughs> we don't do that kind of editing. Yeah. Here's where we get the trick arrows sequence and we get that great chase through the New York City streets. And it's very, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the French connection mm-hmm. from uh, 1971 with Gene Hackman, where he they do a chase under an L train. And it's it's very reminiscent of that. It's a lot of fun. There were and see, here's where our, I will argue that I think Jack knows him because the fact that he was able to sneak up on Clint and get a sword to his throat. Come on. No one can do that with with Ronan or with Clint. So I, I think he does know him, but he's also able to get that sword back really easily. Like they never yeah. show him yeah. struggle. Like they, like they have a history. I think that he let him have it. Probably. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Um, Paul, any any thoughts? You know, it's. It's funny because, like, this whole show blurs together. I know normally we don't do episode by episode, so I'm just trying to, like, sort it all through my (laughs) head. But for me, like, you you get a lot of really good plot momentum in this one. You get the intro kind of 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 Echo and what Maya's all about because she's going to be getting her own spinoff show also called Echo. Mm -hmm. And the interrogation scene is really cool because, like, you know, they're talking. She's talking in sign language. Clint's trying his best to kind of talk to her, but obviously he can't. And he also, you know, we get more about his hearing aid and his hearing problems and stuff like that. So I, I really think there's a lot of good vulnerability moments. We also get a great shot, though, like the fight of him and Maya, who, you know, is she's got a, you know, an amputee. She's got she's deaf. Like to see her kind of like go toe to toe with with Hawkeye. And then the great shot of him going over the railing, pulling back the bow yeah. and letting it ride. That was a really oh, yeah. cool effect. So I, I really dug this episode. This is where the, the plot really starts to move. Mm-hmm. And it's just very convenient that all these plots converged. Yeah, right. Know. Yeah, yes, for me, it was um, this was the, the episode that it all glued for me. And I think it was the moment, the comedic moments that did it for me, mm-hmm. like because this is the one where Clint's hearing aid is broken and he and Haley Steinfeld are trying to communicate and there's just so many funny moments where yeah. he shouts something and she's shouting it back, but he can't hear it. And she's saying the same thing he is. And it's like, I, I, I argue that this is Hawkeye is a screwball comedy. The idea that there's lots of misunderstandings. There's multiple people with different motivations trying to, you know, trying to get at each other. And, and screwball comedy is all about where someone has a regular life. Someone's introduced into that life that completely messes it up and they're trying to figure it out with that other person. And that's what this show is. It's a screwball comedy. And so when I saw that happening in this episode, I'm like, all right, now I'm all in. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Move right along the next episode, uh, which was Partners. Am I right? That This basically was the episode of they had a little dinner time with Mommy and Jack, you know, and, you know, they find out, you know, that Barton again, you know, is an Avenger and everything. And Jack gets all fangirly. You know, too, in this episode with it. Great job showing that even though Clint Barton is, as you guys say, the B-list of the Avengers, jerks, he's still <laughs> relatively famous and yes. he's very uncomfortable with said fame. Yeah. You know, I really wish that they had done more with him and Black Widow who were spies and assassins mm-hmm. and, and you know, guns yeah. for hire, basically, now thrown into this world where everybody knows who they are. Mm-hmm. I, I think they could have done a lot of work with the psychological trauma that alone for Clint Barton. You know, Clint Barton was used to 
always fearing for his family's safety when nobody knew who he was. Now yeah. everybody knows who he is. And, mm. But at the same time, being an Avenger does give them a certain level of protection. We've seen a lot of, in these movies where you know the villains are like, we don't want to bring down the Avengers on us. Like Vulture was very famous with like, you know, the reason this operation works is because we're so low key. So for me, having this episode is a great, like you get to see that the other characters besides Kate Bishop just fangirling out and just really, you know, because we also had, uh, what was, I think the very first episode was the Chinese food dinner where like they pay for yeah. him and he's very uncomfortable yes. with it. So I like, oh yeah. Yeah. I like stuff like that. And I like how they, they show how the world really does interact. Mm-hmm. Like Steve Rogers can't, wouldn't be able to just walk down the street. Yeah. Like he would just have to keep running on uh, Sam Wilson's <laughs> left over and over again. Yeah. So I thought this was a another interesting start mm-hmm. to the episode. Yeah. Th- yeah. And this is also kind of where we get th- this episode is kind of like the Easter egg almost with Laura Barton. I have, pro- could- I have problems with that. You do? I have problems with that. Uh-oh. So oh, here we go. There are theories <laughs> that, that Laura Barton is actually the character Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, Mockingbird and Clint Barton have always been a, a thing in the comics. They've always been around, mm-hmm. but they already introduced Mockingbird by code name on Agents of Shield. No, you're remembering that wrong. I'm I'm dead serious because they tried to do no 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 that doesn't happen. You, no, that you, only works you, with you. Kevin Feige. It doesn't only work. <laughs> Damn it! It's a Photoshop. <laughs> it's not real. No, but because they even wanted to do a spinoff with with Mockingbird, played by Adrian Palicki. Mm. Uh, yeah, I uh, remember. We thoroughly enjoyed on her role as Supernatural. I, Jess, yeah, never Jess. get that closure. I even enjoyed her on Agents of Shield. I was, I, I watched like the I was first still, five, I was this, still watching uh, Agents seasons, of Shield yeah. at that point. Yeah, I think right, right when they went into the future and in space, I, I kind of, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. when it went too far. But like, it, it sucks because they, I hate that all these other projects, and that's why I was worried about the Daredevil stuff because obviously Kingpin's in this. But then the conversation actually became. Well, is it the same kingpin? Is it all canon? Oh. Like, I'm dead serious. Like that, really? that was that was those are yeah. conversations that are happening right now. Because when we talk about kingpin, he is he's like really powerful in this. Like physically, yeah. like he's ripping oh, doors yeah. off their hinges. He's getting shot with arrows and just walking it off. Like mm-hmm. they they really kind of lean into the super powered mm-hmm. of kingpin in this one. Yeah, it's very comic bookish. Yeah. yeah. So that was just, um, you know, for me. I, I, are they going to like take Agents of Shields episodes and like Kevin Spacey it where they rub out her face and put Laura Barton in, in all of their <laughs> episodes? No, supposedly like Agents of Shield exists in its own separate okay. thing. It's yeah. not real. It's not yeah. continuity anymore. And then but, the other big thing with this episode was we got introduced, reintroduced to Yelena at the very end of the episode and arguably probably one of the best fight sequence fight scenes that we see all six episodes i'll argue you know, on that the rooftop you, but i'll argue i'll argue with that yeah yeah argue i think the next one when he's dressed as ronin is really that much better yeah i i, I will, will argue that the yelena kate bishop are fight during the, the offices is better yeah i yeah. i think we are that's why i said it. one of the best i didn't say the um, best i said one of the best we're all we're all just pointing at each other, Spider-Man meme style. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said it's one of the best. I didn't say it's the best. I could have sworn you said it was the best. I'm gonna go back and, and actually do some editing on this one. <laughs> why? So it says that I said the best. It's Roddy's voice. Then you just hear me go <laughs> so loud. What? How? How are our feelings about Yelena coming in? We do we think it was we, too early in this in the season? Too late? Right on 
Pure, what do what do we think? I think waiting for it was the hardest part. I think where they put it though, in, in mm. terms of now that the whole series is out, I think it worked out for the best. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we were waiting. I, I, yeah. yeah, I want to point something out that I don't think anyone else will have noticed in the world. On IMDb, it showed the cast list for episode one and two, mm-hmm. and it said her name, and then it said six episodes. And every episode, that number would go down a little. Oh. So finally, it just said three. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, I Yelena's. Florence Pugh is an amazing actress. Mm-hmm. I have never not loved her in anything. I loved her in Midsummer, which is just a terrifying film. She's done so many other great things. And like the fact that she's got that, first of all, her guttural voice and laugh is fantastic, mm-hmm. which I believe is actually as a result of something physical on her. And I can't remember exactly what it is, but she she suffered from something earlier in life. And that's what caused that voice of hers, which is just so wow. cool. But also the fact that she can stick to character and to accent so mm-hmm. beautifully, which, you know, let's go, Wanda. You know, you, you really didn't <laughs> stick to that very. But she is like her, her sit down in episode five, which I won't, you know, talk too much about, you know, where she just, hey, Kate the Bishop, Kate the Bishop. Yeah. <laughs> she's just such a great actress. All right. Well, I mean, speaking of episode five. Can, can we backtrack just for a quick second? Of course we can. Because we didn't talk about Lakwa Cox's introduction in there with her backstory and her father and everything from episode three. I just want to briefly mention it because we get to see Ronan in action during that when she, mm-hmm. when Ronan is in there destroying the tracksuits and killing her father. And I think that's the first time we actually get to see him being truly terrifying as Ronan because yeah. uh, we're seeing it through True. her eyes, which is awful. So I, I just wanted to bring that up. And also just a lot cox being introduced i don't you know for for those who don't know anything about her she has had zero acting experience up until this point they spotted her in the background of a high school production and then they decided to put her in here but she is really actually completely deaf she is also that is a real prosthetic and she i thought she just got better and better with each episode because i thought she was a little shaky at first Mm -hmm. but that's why is because she's never acted before and she i cannot wait to see her as echo and then by the time we see her in episode six which we'll talk about later it's just amazing but yeah sorry now let's get back to Elena. Well, that's all right. Good job. <laughs> Unless you want to talk about a local Cox. Do you want to? Because I, I do know a little fact that, oh my God, I almost say Clint Barn. Jeremy Renner and Haley Seinfeld actually learned American Sign Language once they found out she was being casted so they can help, oh, that's so, so cool. they can communicate with her on set as well. I don't know how nice. well they did, you know, with it, but mm. I do know they tried. So that's kind of cool. Um, I think that's evident, too. And like it looks like Vincent D'Onofrio learned a couple things, too. Yeah, definitely a fra fee who plays Kazi. He's mm-hmm. very clearly, you know, capable of, yeah. of speaking that way. So like it, it was neat to see that into into the MCU that they did. like because so many times when you have an, a hearing impaired actress, they just go, oh, well, she can read lips. So it's OK. Yeah. But and that's a crutch. But the fact that they mm-hmm. actually use sign language is neat. Yes, I agree. Uh, but episode five was essentially was the Ronin episode, right? So the, the, it was even called Ronin. What? Yeah, that was the name of the was episode. Was it really? Yeah, yeah it was. <laughs> that's why I said it. But this is kind of like a uh, Yelena episode, you know. So we we find out the whole blip situation with. Uh, from her eyes, right? So we, we've always seen it from an Avenger's eye 
or somebody related to the Avenger. Now, I mean, I guess she is related to an Avenger, <laughs> but we, we see it from more of like the, the human side. So in this episode yeah we see what she's up to she's yeah. helping to deprogram the, the black widows mm-hmm. and she literally she goes to the bathroom and then the whole world changes i think the one strong things that the all these shows have done are showing the effects of the blip from the other mm-hmm. perspective because i mean really all we had was spider-man homecoming we had all right no excuse me spider-man no way home far from home the middle one <laughs> The Mysterio <laughs> one, you see them all pop back into existence yeah, and just right. kind of the chaos that that ensues. But it's, it wasn't until this episode, or I would say even WandaVision, where we see Monica Rambeau come back, mm, yeah. you know, that we really see how, like, it wasn't just an instantaneous thing for some <laughs> people. It was a very, like, discombobulating type situation and just really, like, scary. Yeah. And Yelena comes out hot. Like, she's like, what What just happened? So, like, mm-hmm. what did you just do to me? But also, like, all this stuff also, and it lends a lot to why Natasha really wanted to sacrifice herself. Yeah. We didn't even realize that she, that her sister was killed in the blip. Yeah. So I thought that added a lot of layers to the sacrifice mm. of Natasha. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I argue about this show that makes it so successful is that they balance external and internal motivations. You know, externally, she wants to kill Clint Barton, but internally, she wants to avenge the death of her um, sister yeah. like that's and every character in this show has external and internal motivations which i think makes for you know so much and, and that was one of my you know complaints about spider the new spider-man movie is that these new spider-man are here but their and their external motivations are there but their internal mo- motivations were kind of weak you know I, I guess it was getting over gwen stacy's death and trying to help and you know getting over the guilt of uncle ben but that was just so simplified mm-hmm and here I think they do it so much better. But I think that, you know, don't forget you had six episodes to do it. So. Yeah. In this episode as well, we also get Ronan back. You know, Barton puts on the Ronan suit. Such a great fight scene. The sword, and oh, yeah. we, we see, again, Ronan in action a little bit more because we, we did Takes get like, all the guards. Flashback. Yeah. Just like out of nowhere too, like a ninja. Mm-hmm. Like a, a Ronan. Ninja. Yeah, right. He's which some kind of Ronan. <laughs> which again is one of... It, I think you can't say enough about the action sequences and set pieces in this show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, what did we think about that whole entire fight scene and you know what, what comes to the end of it where he basically doesn't kill her? He, you know, it's basically like, I could have killed you, but I'm not this person anymore. It, it shows, you know, how far Clint Barton has come and how, you know, how much he's changed over the years, you know, he dealt with the blip in any, in the most rational way he could going back to a full on just assassin mode and just, you know, why are you still here when my family who were good people aren't like, Mm -hmm. so for me, that was, it was a powerful moment for him because in all honesty, he was, I I like that they addressed that he was killing dude. Like he killed a lot of people during the Mm -hmm. five years that everybody was gone and everybody just kind of forgot. So to see not only the ramifications, but also to see like, Ronan is visibly different than Hawkeye. Like, yeah. just Ronan is scary. Yeah, you know, watching like all those goons get like get you know yoked out of the frame and yeah. stuff like that. Like that was that was like Batman level stuff. And then to see him like he was toying with her. He could have killed her at any point, and he's just trying to talk to her and tell her, "Hey, if I really wanted to kill you, you you know you'd be dead." Yeah, and mm. this isn't. You know, did I kill your dad? Absolutely, yeah. But 
there are other factors, and I was told that he was going to be there by somebody who you know worked for you guys, and that sows the the seeds of doubt, and then it's the interaction she has with uh, Kazi later that really solidifies it, and also you know this is the episode where we find out who the real big bad of all this is. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, the big um, guy, literally. <laughs> yeah, the king um, of bowling. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, it's about his speech. Yeah, right? Yeah. So, as they're alluding to, at the very end of this episode, we find out that the man behind the curtain... Mephisto. Is, oh, yes. Mephisto. <laughs> we is, knew it. Is none other than Kingpin. What, 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 did we, what do we think about having Kingpin in this? I think it was genius, and they, that was one of the smartest things they could have done is to bring not only bring Kingpin back into the fold, but also Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin. And it broke my heart that I had to tell producer Melanie who that was because <laughs> she hasn't watched uh, the Netflix stuff yet. Uh, Same thing, we were watching yeah. uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, and, and spoiler, there's a cameo, and she goes, who's that? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> it's the only one yeah. she didn't get so i'll give her some kudos on it but to have kingpin and have him because like there's a lot of interesting discussion being done online like was he blipped away did he come back and his empire was in shambles like where where because there was a big theory that he was actually the one that bought avengers tower mm-hmm. mm. apparently norman osborne doesn't exist in the mcu <laughs> So there are a lot of theories about stuff like that. So I want to see I want to see more. And obviously, when we talk I, about the next episode, we'll talk about Kingpin. I, I have a question because now I never saw season three of Daredevil. So spoilers for this. Does Kingpin die at the end? No, no. Oh, I thought he did. Okay, no, no. so good. I'm glad. Yeah, Rob. Rob any, any thoughts on the Kingpin reveal? I loved it. I, even though I haven't seen season three, which I, I'm trying to get support staff Lauren which is now her official title, support <laughs> staff Lauren to watch Daredevil with me because it's just such a great show. And I saw season one and two and, and just was blown away. And a lot of it is because of D'Onofrio. He is so great. Yes. He is such a good actor and he's such a great method actor too. You know, and he's been around for years and years and years. He is such a formidable foe in this and, and in a realistic way. You know, for all I complain about Loki, at least Kang was a formidable foe in terms of matching abilities. You know, here it, Kingpin is, he doesn't have any real powers. He just has huge bulk and strength to him and can you know survive all sorts of different things um and i thought he was a great choice to have played off of clint i love to the fact that they teased it so often and so subtly with calling it like fat man auto and and you know and the fact that it actually did pay off you know we were all hoping it was going to be that and then when he shows up we're like yes it turned yeah. out to be right which makes for such a satisfying show and then, you know, episode six, they don't spend any time wasted with bringing him in. And he is such a huge part of episode six. I love having him in here. I, th- I think it was a great choice. Yeah. Speaking of episodes, arguably the best episode of the show. It was very uh-huh. good. It was. I, th- I would agree. Yeah, right. Thoughts, Rob. Thoughts on episode six. I know there's a lot to talk about with this. Yeah, episode. there is a lot. There's so about. much. I'll, that I'll be, I will be brief. I will say. And this is what the show does best setups and payoffs Mm -hmm. things that are set up in earlier episodes are all paid off, you know, and, and I think about something like, you know, for as great as WandaVision was, and I, I write about this in my review of episode six, 
really Quicksilver, there was no payoff to that. It was just all set up. And there was a lot of setup in WandaVision. Whereas with this, you know, like you mentioned, the Imagine Dragons ticket line in earlier yeah. episodes is paid off in episode six. The coin trick practice, you know, the flipping yeah. it, you know, that she does, that's paid off with, you know, knocking out Kingpin with something. Like there are so many big payoffs in this episode that it's like, ah, that's why that happened. And you feel smart for watching the episode too because there's so many allusions to previous episodes and you're like, oh, I remember that. I remember that. So like the dopamine gets released, I think a little bit in your brain when you're seeing that happen. Um, It's immensely satisfying. It wraps up everything. Every single answer I think that I, question that I had from previous episodes is answered in this and in a way that made me feel good about it it was also like also the fact that let's and don't forget this the main struggle of our character in this show is i need to get back to my family in time for christmas yes and the fact that we really care about that and we're so happy when he does uh really speaks to just how well constructed this Mm -hmm. show is um, that when we see him get back to his family and they're all hugging, it's like watching It's a Wonderful Life and and having them yeah. all come back together. So I loved it. It was, I would say it's the best finale of all of the Disney Plus episodes. All right. Paul? It was okay. No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay. I this... love how he undercuts enthusiasm. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> I'm told sometimes I'm a little much. So <laughs> we get a lot of great things in this episode, all put together, all beautifully woven together. The fight scene uh, on the ice rink is still is one of the best fight scenes that they've ever done. Mm-hmm. You know, just like the. It reminded me of like playing like the Spider-Man video game or something like that, where you just have like hundreds of enemies just coming in, and, you're, and they're just wrecking them, and they're yeah. working together, and it's just a beautiful moment. One of my biggest. Did anyone, but go ahead. Did anyone else get a Matrix feel from that scene? Like the Burly Brawl type thing? Yeah, a little bit. What's the Matrix? It's it's a movie. It's a movie, sweetie. I, I've I've never watched them. You've never watched any of the. You've Matrix never movies? seen no. any of the wow. Matrix movies. Mm-hmm. Don't Ooh. listen. I guess you're not listening to Cinematic Adventures next week. Jeez. Nope. <laughs> but there is one thing that one of my biggest gripes, and this is mild spoiler for Spider-Man: No Way Home. The very end of Spider-Man: No Way Home, it looks like Spider-Man's flying, uh, swinging through the city in. Christmas time. If only they had ended that movie. Mm-hmm. Now knowing how this ended, if they had ended with him swinging to that commotion, yeah. But I think the problem you run into because a lot of people were saying similar things like Spider Man's around the corner, like yeah, he's looking yeah. down from his apartment, going, "Huh, that's a lot of noise down there." <laughs> like one of the biggest you know complaints is that, but the problem you run into is Sony and Marvel and their logistics. Like they're allowed to use Spider-Man in TV shows, but not in the movies. So like, I think that because they they would still be using Tom Holland, it'd be a whole legal. And also I'm pretty sure with all the COVID stuff, like when things were going to get released and when just, it was so much like between the cameos in Spider-Man, no way home and ending in like the Christmas time and Mm -hmm. this with the cameos and the, this like it, it sucks that they did not line that up because we also complain about that i think for uh falcon and the winter soldier like it ends with a giant mm. battle in new york and where are all these new york-based superheroes that are yeah. apparently still here so that i that always just kind of annoys me but i i get it why they do it so mm. but the- uh, i i want to add speaking of where is everybody i want to ask paul this one there is a major battle happening in rockefeller center that goes on for what 10 minutes where are the cops Oh, they don't go to those things. You know that. <laughs> they learned. They learned about that. They, they, they got a call, and then and the like, call said Hawkeye is there with another person shooting bow and arrows. So they went, oh, they got it. For the record, they were at is, the, you know where they were? They were at the original, mm-hmm. where the party was. 
Remember that. Remember that's where the but, but, it starts off. But with doesn't all Rockefeller shots fired. Center have? Doesn't Rockefeller Center have NYPD like stationed there? I have no idea. <laughs> There's a terrorist threat in a building down the road. Guess where we're all going? Down the road. But and then obviously they're waiting around the corner for to arrest Eleanor. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Ten minutes. Weirdest yes. sequence ever. Yes, yeah, I agree. Yeah, but like for me that that fight scene is fantastic. The the fight scene of Kate and Yelena going through mm-hmm. the building. Yelena and Barton actually not you know fighting each other and you know him talking her down by uh, whistling. By whistling the whistle, yeah, yeah. yeah. and then uh, the fight scene between Kate Bishop and and Kingpin of all things, like yeah. to say that out loud, you you didn't think mm-hmm. you'd get there. I, thir- I firmly, firmly believe though that Kingpin is still alive. Oh yeah, hundred percent. There's oh, the no way. Is if you don't see a body, he's yep. not dead. A hundred percent. I just loved all the little like Easter egg like nods and everything, like the owl in the tree. Oh yeah, <laughs> from two was it two three years ago Something or whatever. Like that, yeah, Down, the whole, yeah. Big, the whole big and, thing. Yeah, <laughs> and there's apparently a children's short story about the owl in the tree. Uh, called Rockefeller. Oh, really? That's awesome. uh, That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that the whole the the pin particle arrow was great and everything, and the, and the fact that when, make trick arrows, the fact that when he hands her like the two dangerous arrows and everything like that, and she's like, oh, I am ready. And she's putting all the tape <laughs> with all the all the labels on them. Only disappointment. Uh, no boomerang arrow. I'm okay yeah. with it. I think the, com- the conversation about it was was the payoff I needed. Yeah, right. I I just th- there was just so much to this episode. Yeah, mm. it didn't feel like enough, but like in a good way. Like I was like, right. Like it was like so much that I was I was hoping for more, but I'm not disappointed mm. because then I feel like it would have been too much to have it. Agreed. There. But basically, the the show ends with happy ending. With a happy ending. Semi happy ending because now ma- mommy's mommy's going to jail, right? So she basically called the cops on her mm-hmm. mom and got her arrested. We have who knows what's going on with Kingpin. He's alive, and oh, then yeah. you get the nice and little. He's gonna be an echo, yeah, right. <laughs> and you get the little family family reunion and the payoff at the end where he gets to be home for Christmas. He brings Kate Bishop and Pizza Dog. I mean, Lucky. Lucky uh, the Pizza Dog. <laughs> Lucky. Lucky the Pizza Dog. With I swear, though, if they're going to do this Echo show, which they are, not mm. only should Kingpin be the villain, but Daredevil should be another character. It, I'm it hoping. Would, it would be genius. Yeah. It would be smart. I know everybody's pushing for a Spider-Man, for a new Spider-Man movie with with Daredevil, which also, take my money, take all of yeah, it. Yeah, right. But yeah. I would love, if they're going to do Echo... Yes it would be a great time to introduce Daredevil proper mm-hmm. into the MCU and, you know, do whatever you mm-hmm. want with the other characters. Yeah. Well, I, I also, and I wrote about this in my review, that I would love to see them bring in Jessica Jones because in the comics, she is a friend of Kate Bishop, and this is the perfect time to bring her back. Yeah. We're going to finish up the episode with some favorites now. All right. Favorite mm-hmm. episode, Rob. Ooh. I... Okay, I know I rated the last episode as the highest, but I think the fifth episode might be my favorite just because of the Yelena stuff in Mm -hmm. it. She's so great. And her interact like that whole dinner scene where they're having Mac macaroni and cheese in her apartment (laughs) is just one of my favorite scenes in the whole show completely Mm -hmm. Because she, you could tell Florence Pugh is enjoying every second of it, and is just tearing into the role. And Haley Steinfeld is is 
hesitant but she's trying to be her best person in yeah. in light of it and oh you're going to eat this are you done with this now i put hot sauce <laughs> on it <laughs> like just every moment in that is fantastic so episode five might be my favorite but i will say episode six is my most satisfying and, and mm-hmm. best one because it wraps everything up but i'll stand by five all right paul I'm also going to say five more for the, as much as I like the Yelena stuff, it was really for the, the Ronin stuff and the Hawkeye stuff. Mm. Just, I, and then obviously we get the big thing at the end where it's, it's been Kingpin all along. Yeah. So for me, episode mm. five is definitely uh, the, mm. the most solid and my favorite episode of the, of the series. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. It's between five and six as far as which one I prefer. I prefer five. I feel like six is one that I would watch over number five, though. But no, number five was yeah. definitely, in my eyes, the the best episode they had. Favorite, like introduction or reintroduction character between Kingpin and Yelena. Wh- which one were we more excited to see? I think Kingpin because we knew Yelena was going to be in the show. We knew yeah. she would show up eventually mm-hmm. to have Kingpin and Vincent D'Onofrio. I think that was the the better reveal. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would agree too. Um, that I think Kingpin, just because it was, my hopes were so high, and and to finally see him on that little grainy video yeah. uh, screen was like just such a yes moment for me that I, I think it was Kingpin. Mm-hmm. All right, one, one last. Who was your favorite like supporting character between like the Larpers between uh, Kazi? Mm-hmm. Who is your favorite supporting? Lucky the pizza dog. Lucky the pizza dog. <laughs> and I'll stand by that. I'll, I'll take a bullet for that dog. <laughs> That's funny. Rob, what about uh, you? I don't know if I could choose because this is there's a lot of them. Which, by the way, did anyone else catch that they introduced what's a character into the show? It's one of the LARPers, Wendy Conrad. She played. Oh, God. I'll come back. I'll come back to it. <laughs> Bombshell. Bombshell. Okay. That is a, actually a major character in the MCU. Remember when she comes in and she's like, these are, this is, she's like, I found all the trick arrows. And he's mm-hmm. like, okay, I'll take them. She goes, this is my bag. It's got my name on it. Yeah. My wife put it on there for me. See, it says bombshell. That's actually a major Easter mm-hmm. egg in the comics that bombshell is, is a foe, a future foe of Hawkeye. So mm-hmm. I thought that was a neat little thing. Favorite supporting actor. It might be Kazi, yeah. Just because he's such, I can I can empathize with. No, I can't empathize. I can sympathize mm-hmm. with Kazi because you could see he's doing his best. He truly cares about um, my. He feels terrible about her father, but it was you know he had no control with it, and he's such a tragic figure. And I think his death I might have affected me the most because. And, and his fight scene is only like five seconds long, but it's one of the most memorable because you see Maya and Kazi trying to Maya's like, just come with me. Yeah. You don't need to be behind with it. And he's like, he's stuck. And it was for me, a real Romeo and Juliet moment mm-hmm. uh, that I felt like, oh, I, I felt so awful for him that he was stuck in the middle of so many, you know, people pulling at him. And so like and he seemed to truly care about Kazi, but he was just stuck. So I think Kazi might be for me, okay. or Ivan, I, Ivan and Thomas <laughs> and Tomas. Tomas, I'd probably say Grills. He was up there for me. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Just just for some reason, I 
I just, I just loved his character and everything, especially with the whole LARPing scene and everything. Like, come on, let me just kill you. <laughs> like, and all that. Like, that that would be us. Like, if, if we had the Ronin suit and Ronin came up to us and was like, hey, can I get my suit back? Well, let me kill you first, and then you can have it. Like, that's, like, what we would all be like, I feel like, if oh, yeah. we were in that situation. Um, He's like, come on, man. I don't have anything else other than this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's going to wrap us up. Before we go, we'll do a Star City rating on the show who would like to go first i'll go first i'm gonna give it a, a four and a half it is just such a great show it's well put together it's got payoff it's got character stories it's got reintros of great uh characters and i think we look at some of the other shows like loki burned us because we expected too much and mm. what what we got was good but it wasn't what we expected this show actually benefited from not expecting too much and then getting like it's a nice little Christmas gift to all of us. All <laughs> yes. of us good boys and girls. So I'm going to give it a four and a half out of five. All right, Rob. Ooh, this is tough. Because here's the thing that I'm torn on is that, and I wrote about this too, that that this show does not aim high in terms of its aspirations and themes. Mm-hmm. You know, w- with WandaVision, that was a show about grief and dealing with grief. You know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier was all about what is patriotism. Like it tackled these big, big, big questions. Hawkeye doesn't tackle any big questions. And I'm okay with that. So I don't think it aims terribly high, but it hits every single bullseye that it aims at. So uh-huh, I'm uh-huh. I wanna go with four and just do it. Just do it. It's gonna feel good. All right. I I will say four and a quarter, but I think by next year it might go to four and a half. It it will depend upon the staying power. By next year, you mean like in a couple days? No, by (laughs) next year as in next Christmas. Because here's the thing. This show, first of all, if you haven't been paying attention to the soundtrack, I think it's got the best Christmas soundtrack of anything I've ever seen ever. All right. I think I I think Paul might. Yeah, I think I got to go four and a half. (laughs) I think it really is that great. It's such a great Christmas movie. And I say movie not as a mistake. I think it's a Christmas movie, you know, and and it's just it does nothing wrong for me. Mm-hmm. It just it doesn't aim high, but it boy does it do well. So yeah. I'm definitely going to agree with a four and a half. I mean, th- there's not too much to dislike about this. Yes, it started off mm-hmm. slow and everything, but I mean, to to no fault of its own. I think it definitely picked up. The one thing I would definitely take out would be the whole musical scenes and everything. I I don't know. I just I can't with that stuff, especially when they have Ant Man who wasn't part of it. <laughs> I love that. They right. just throw him in there. Yeah. He wasn't even there. But I, again, f- four and a half between set pieces and the fight sequences and the character growth from, you know, Hawkeye and from Kate Bishop and everything. I, I just think th- th- this show just hit everything on the head. And honestly, going in, it was one of those shows that was like, all right, yeah, I'll watch it. I'm not, I'm not like, crazy about it. it didn't like really excite me too much but like we all said this is the best if not one of the best disney plus mcu shows out there you want to rank the shows i'm not ready for that you're not ready for that i mean i i, I, I could do it uh, rob can go first then. all right because really we're running really, all right we're really running i over. think for me it's gonna go hawkeye and then wandavision just because wandavision was so unique it didn't pay off, and I felt it crumbled at the end. But what a unique approach. Then Loki, and then Winter Soldier, Falcon Winter Soldier. 
what if he picked one last one? What? You forgot what if. I was trying to be clever about it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's definitely at the bottom for me. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll say Hawkeye, Falcon and Winter Soldier, WandaVision, Loki, what if? See, I thought you were initially when we started talk, doing this show, I thought you were going to like Falcon and the Winter Soldier more than this. So I was surprised because I know how much you gotcha. love that show. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Paul, are you I mean, ready now? I mean, John Walker alone makes that show a five. But anyway, <laughs> uh, for me, it's going to go Hawkeye. And then I actually have Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision almost dead tied. Mm-hmm. And then Loki. And not to say Loki was a bad show. It's just like I said, it, I had high expectations. Yeah. Like We thought this was like going to be the show of the multiverse. But And then mm-hmm. What If is uh, in the closet somewhere. Just, we don't talk about it. Yeah, right. We don't talk about what if. What if we did talk about it? But that's going to wrap us up for our discussion on Hawkeye. Paul, how can everyone find us? You can find us on our website, themisfitfaction.com. There you find links to all of our material, including Rob's reviews of every episode of Hawkeye, including the series finale, which uh, will be live at the time of the podcast tomorrow. So make sure you check that out on the Misfit Corner. You can also find us on Facebook, the Multiverse Fancast, or Misfit Faction. You can also find us on Instagram, Misfit Faction. You can find us on YouTube, the Misfit Faction Media Network. And you can find us on Twitter, at Misfit Faction. So talk to us. We love you. And also, fun fact, Spotify just recently reveal, uh, released their rating system for their podcast. So if you guys are listening to us on podcast, if you can throw us a couple of stars, it really helps uh, the algorithms and helps our show get out to the masses. Our Spider-Man episode has exploded. It is our highest downloaded episode of the year. So we want to thank you guys for just all your love and support on that one. Awesome. Woot woot. Woohoo. Well, thank you all for listening. As always, I'm Ronnie. And I'm Paul. And I'm Rob. And we'll be back in a flash. Smart as poor.